0: And welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. And I'm delighted to have a return guest this week uh, in the the form of Adrian McDonough. Now, some of you, actually probably quite a few of you, will know Adrian as a CEO of Hireful, but I'll get him to explain a little bit more about and what it is that he does um, in, in a moment. The reason I wanted to get Adrian to come back is I spoke to him really early on when the HR uprising was just getting off the ground about onboarding because he's absolutely an expert in onboarding and recruitment. And one of the things they've always been front and centre I think of the the new thinking, fresh thinking around this area and I figure that at the moment when we've got hybrid working, when we've got a real war for talent, let me just give all of the cliches out there, it's never been more important than now to build a standout candidate experience and we all want to know how to do that whether in a large or a smaller organisation. So Adrian's going to tell us all about that but first of all Adrian please do introduce yourself.
1: Hi, Lucinda, and thank you for the introduction. Um, my job title is technically Chief Helper. We have a CEO who runs everything. Uh, and if I explain Chief Helper... And I did know being, that,
0: didn't I? I did know that, but Chief Helper.
1: <laughs> but it'll give a bit of background. I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of Eiffel. Um, so my role um, is to really focus on, you know, trying to deliver all of the valuable stuff we put out in the market, Try to understand what's going on. and um, So for the last 13 years... Been running workshops and webinars, uh, obviously all for free. Uh, it's part of our marketing, part of our get our name out there sort of approach. But also, what I love about it, um, apart from my love of speaking, um, is it, particularly the workshops gets you out in front of people. You can hear, you can see what's going on. So that that keeps us, I suppose, as an organisation, hopefully, um, very current. Because whilst we're recruiting, we're just a small company of seventy staff. There's a whole range of different issues that people are dealing with.
0: And and your um, I mean, when I first met you, obviously it was pre-COVID, and you were traveling around the country doing lots of face-to-face workshops, and you carried on throughout, but moving lots of stuff online, haven't you, in terms of that, and yeah. really sharing your expertise. And some people would remember it was easy web I think, when I first met you. Was that the yeah. name, and now known as Hireful? Yeah, of, are
1: yeah. you still
0: doing the actual? Are you back out? physically out doing your workshops now or is it still more
1: yeah we we have we have been since early 2022 so uh, we were keen to get back out as soon as we can Um, because I do think you know the the webinars are great but I think particularly the webinars can be very um, sort of it's almost like providing a lecture Um, and we were very happy with the ratings we were getting and the feedback we were getting but the workshops just allow you you know that half a day to really work with people and actually hear and have a good back and forth with them to understand what, what's really going on for their organisation. So yeah, I just think are you're, you,
0: you're bringing that information back in, and that's why it makes what you're sharing with us today so relevant, because you know it's pain points that people have right now. So... If we were sort of thinking about this as a process, um, you know, we're back recruiting people, bringing people on board. It's never been more important than to keep those people and to make sure that they're fully motivated. Um, And we know that some of us are bringing people on still continually into a hybrid environment. What do I need to think about if I'm either, um, is is my hat um, a hiring manager or an HR person in this context?
1: Typically it tends to be. And one of the things I was quite surprised with um, is it's still very HR focused. Um, I think HR, possibly maybe because departments, you know, it's so hard to recruit, so managers are so overwhelmed. So giving them more responsibility, for example, to you know to really deliver a first-class onboarding experience, uh, maybe training managers and systemizing it for them, and it probably maybe isn't realistic for a lot of organisations. Ideally, that would be the best way of doing it. You'd all love, if you're the new hire, to have your whole experience, the main point of contact to be all coming from your you know your hiring manager and for that to be an excellent standard throughout the whole organization, regardless of which hiring manager, but it's possibly wishful thinking. So it does tend to be HR recruitment. In some organizations, then a dedicated onboarding team in some areas. But yeah, in our world we're mid-market, it's pretty much HR or in-house recruitment
0: and so that well that makes sense because that's our audience that we've got listening so again it's not that our HR, as HR people often they're a department of one or a very small department pretty lean so what can we do or what advice have you got for somebody in that position to um, be really effective but not massively time consuming I guess but still have an outstanding experience
1: yeah I mean there's there's a, there's a bunch of stuff that I've got wrote a little list to go through with you but, but I guess the overriding and principle of it is I don't necessarily feel it's a bit similar to the stuff we do with advert copy and, and more broadly candidate experience. I don't necessarily feel, um, but we've seen some stats from our, from our ATS and uh, we've got about 300 customers using it showing since the turn of the year, they're working twice as, they're getting to candidates twice as fast. So they're processing candidates from that apply phase twice as fast and they're booking interviews twice as fast. Uh, actually quicker than twice as fast. So that's really um, interesting. It shows a much more competitive market. But when we look at advert copy and when we look at other things that we see in the marketplace, we don't see, although we do see recruiters moving faster on CVs, we don't necessarily see you know, huge leaps in best practice. We don't see like much better adverts written. We don't see much better candidate experiences being delivered on the whole, it is what I'm saying. And I think that's where onboarding falls as well. Whereas... I know some organizations are doing it really well um, because maybe they're recruiting really high-end tech talent and they've got money to throw at it and they've thought about it. Maybe they started as a business on a blank sheet of paper and it's just easier to start like that. But I think on the whole, what we're talking about today is is potentially a big competitive advantage because many of your competitors are probably just working so fast, not manned correctly or staffed correctly to be able to you know, have the time to look at this. So a lot of it is simple, easy things, and some of it will be a bit more challenging, but there is some big advantages you can build into your system and your process here. And it is all about building a system as and that will save you the time, hopefully.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can have repeat, a repeatable approach. I'm interested in that two times faster than that makes sense, because I think when we've been recruiting ourselves, you almost, if you don't move quickly enough to show you're interested, then the top candidates have gone. So it's got to be quite a slick, condensed yeah. um, recruitment process.
1: And as an aside, time to interview is much quicker because that first interview is now let's have a chat on Teams, in which case it almost becomes that person doesn't have to book a day off or anything else like that. They can simply just slot it into their diary in between their morning stand up or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're assuming that we've recruited, we've brought these people on board, but we're not going through the recruitment in great detail here. We're at the yeah. stage now where we want to make sure that we bring people in and set them up for success in a really slick, repeatable way. We know that managers might be very busy, so they don't always plan effectively. We know also that there's evidence that, you know, an experience that someone has in the first two to six weeks in an organisation actually directly correlates with how long they stay with an organisation. So we want to do a great job. Um, especially when yep. we put all the effort into recruitment. So, what would you recommend that the what does a good process look like?
1: Okay, so splitting it into two things. So the pre-boarding before someone arrives, I think the first thing I'd look at is you know, the overall communication strategy. Um if you've got, you know, if you've got the time to sort of set it out with you know your post-it notes and sort of look at what you currently do, have a look at where those gaps are. We want to avoid, there's there's plenty of research done showing you know post-offer. Candidates are, you know, excited and engaged. And then there's quite often a bit of a gap then between the the start date, even more so if there's background checking, other things to go. And and you can start to feel like it's a bit unreal. Like, have I actually joined the the organization? You know, have I seen the contract? Maybe I've signed it, but that was six weeks ago. So we want to make sure this person has a sort of continuous feeling that they're part of your organization, that this is happening. It's a bit like buying a house and going through that process at the moment. We've all had that process where you're buying a house and you, you haven't heard from the estate agent, you haven't heard from your, you know, the solicitors arranging the purchase, and you start to feel like, is this actually even going to happen? Um, and obviously, inevitably, it does happen, hopefully, but it, it can feel a bit like that. So we want this sort of communication to be built in, um, systemized where possible. Maybe there's an ATS, maybe there's a, an onboarding system, maybe there's an HR system with that. That's not really the issue, but we want to just be thinking about it. So I do see some organisations who almost like send out the whole pack. So if you think about that, I mean, I <laughs> go back to buying this house. I've literally just been sent a whole load of information, Having and, and I haven't really heard from the solicitors in about three weeks, four weeks. So I, I would have much more preferred, a, you know, an I mean, engaging yeah. process where I get yeah. sent bit, bit by bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's less overwhelming. So you're getting things in stages, but it kind of keeps you interested as well.
1: Yeah, and then you get to introduce each pit, each, each piece. Sometimes it's... Uh, Look, you know, here's and it depends on the tone of voice. We're quite informal, so sometimes like that. Here's a couple of policies and some stuff you need to sign. Um, you know, try and You know, this is important for these reasons. And other times it's like, oh, here's some fun info. Here's some, you know, positive, lively, engaging information about our benefits. You know, that you want, that we wanted to send you. Just have a read through so you know what you're entitled to. So it's just instead of sending it all in one go, let, let's break it down. And let's look at that. But also let's build in some emails, pre-written emails into the system perhaps, uh, or even you just saved, whereby if there is a gap you, and you've got nothing to say to that person, like there is just a delay. Imagine there's a delay with background checking. You've just got like an email written that's sort of fun and interesting and engaging, it doesn't have to say too much, but also tells the candidate, look, if you've got any questions, come back to me. And it just fills a gap rather than leaving four weeks of nothingness.
0: Yeah, it's, um it's interesting, actually, that there's two things that contrast that I just struck to mind about. Uh, it's a long time ago since I was recruited to a large engineering organisation. But I do remember back in the day of paper, I got probably... Uh, four inches thick of policies which you know and yeah. just I mean, you're never going to read them all hardly and you're only really interested in the expenses policy and the car policy or whatever it was um so that was kind of you know not really worth definitely not worth the paper it was written on now obviously that would be more electronic but sending it out what you described there with a bit of a covering letter this might be interesting to you because all the benefits type thing yeah. and the other thing that struck me which actually so my daughter's going to university Hope, hopefully we'll be happily at university by the time this goes out um and I think the communication widely varies but they actually had six week break, um countdown thing so six weeks to go you need to be doing blah blah fill out your accommodation form etc cetera, etc cetera. five weeks to Great. go kind of a nice build-up which is sort of what you're saying isn't it keeping people yeah. engaged um as you count down to joining
1: yeah it removes that you know like I say you, you've got a young person in your house off the university. They, there might be anxiety there as well, and yeah. that same person could be joining a new organisation. So you can't assume that they're, they're just going to walk in and feel comfortable with everything. I think there's there's a really key point about you know, each piece. Of, they should absolutely know that they can reach out to, to yeah. and who they can reach out to at any point in time, and also how they can reach out. So you want to be flexible in those communication methods. You know, is it is it a phone number you can drop? And they, you know, we've got emails written that we put in the webinar and it says, you know, feel free to, you know, email me. You can also give me a bell. You can drop me a text message. This is coming from the hiring yeah. manager. And it just, you know, if you are a slightly anxious person and it says like on any matter whatsoever, however small, however big, if you've got a question, ping me. And that's great because it just means you can solve things before they start day one and, and you're building right. that
0: personal connection as well aren't you uh, but the interesting thing is you they you're building that personal connection when people are very busy as you said at the start if you can do these as pre-emails that, are, that can kind of go out at a frequency or you can ping it if it's quiet rather than having to yeah. write it. yeah you want to make it a repeatable process that can be done again um, but yeah. still be personalized
1: and and fit the organization's tone of voice and I always say to people, you know, the tone of voice for your organisation should be. You know, there's a spectrum to it. If you're talking, if you've got a page on your website talking to investors, clearly it's going to be a lot more formal than the one you have talking about graduate recruitment. Generally, with recruitment and include onboarding in that, it is going for that more informal side of your tone of voice. So our emails we have built here, they're going out with emojis on and things yeah. like this because one of our values is fun, and we are quite an informal organisation. So. That's important as well because you just said about like, the company, the engineering company sent you all this paperwork. They might now have a really efficient online recruitment process yeah. um, and really cool offices. It probably do. It was a long time ago. <laughs> and, and it, but if the onboarding process is one of them sort of left behind processes, it doesn't reflect it, you might think, oh, that, that was when they were selling to me. Now I'm an employee. Now this is this is the reality. that They're a little bit old school and, and I, I just don't get a great feeling about it.
0: So the pre-boarding you talked about communication is there anything else we need to think about in terms of pre-boarding
1: oh I, I this is a bit daft but I quite like we, we've adopted one thing here and I think you'll have to put a link in your um in your show notes to see it it's from it's from another ATS provider I've seen what they've done a company called lever much bigger American ATS provider uh, and they've started doing welcome gifts so you know we've all seen gifts or sort of three yes. four second videos and um welcome we, gifts, like,
0: as opposed to gifts.
1: GIFs or GIFs, I'm not sure. There's a whole whole internet war determining how to pronounce it. But but essentially what we've done within each of our teams now is when they hire someone, and they know they've got two, three weeks before that person starts, let's say uh, we've got someone hiring into marketing called Kerry ann um, and there's a little whiteboard that's about the size of a laptop screen, and um, then there's five or six of us in marketing, and uh, we have to come up with a, a silly GIF where we're and on the whiteboard it says hi, welcome Kerry Ann. And uh, it's just a daft way of sort of us dancing into the screen and showing that. And then we're doing that as as a as a little competition between each team as to see who can do the best sort of welcome gif over the year. So um, yeah, we I think it will start once it starts. But you're doing that up, at out.
0: the moment, at high fall. So you're all gonna have your own little gifts. And do you have to is it like a standing one then you can put the person's name in digitally? There's no
1: no there's, no, there's no clever AI, because I know there is some technology that will do okay. that on emails and stuff. And it says it is totally not that. It literally is. We'll write it on the board and we will film it. And I need to, but it, it will take maybe if you have to do it three or four times, it might take five minutes and uh, you just put it out to the team and say, look, what can we do? It, obviously, this is an example that matches us and our culture. Yeah. So when I saw this, I thought, this is brilliant. We should totally do this. And our team, when they've seen it, have all gone, oh, this will be a laugh, yeah. and, and they'll engage with it, and it will just be something that probably gets sillier and sillier until we say, okay, now it's a couple of years down the line and we've, we've sort of grown a bit bored of it, let's change it up.
0: Yeah.
1: But I suppose the message is, if you can think of that one thing that will make someone stop and go, wow. Now, for us, it might be a silly gift. It might be taking a photo of the team with them all holding up pieces of paper saying, welcome, and mm. Daphne, or whatever it is. Know that you print it out, which is super easy to do. So it, it's however you want to do it, but it's nice to send one welcome touch before the person arrives, because on, on day one we'll talk about it in a second. But before that person arrives, so they start to really feel like these. This I, there's my team, and they're actually really excited to. Yeah, to
0: yeah. They bothered and, and made the effort. It's all about effort, isn't it? Demonstrating that effort.
1: Right. yeah and also quirky it's nice to you know how many organizations are out there saying we've got a great culture it's a fun place we all get on you know and you might have you might have said that in your recruitment process you probably say it in your advert copy but actually and maybe that was what the interview experience was as much as you can make the interview experience yes. fun but you really want to demonstrate that if that if that is one of your strengths as an organization or your superpowers and people love working there get it out front you know because in this market, candidates will still be getting counter-offered from their current employer and yeah. offers to say, "Oh, I've got another interview. Would you like to go along?" or just speak to this person. It's only a team's interview, and you're thinking, "Well, I've got the contract in front of me." You yeah. need to make them feel engaged.
0: Got you. So, that's a unique, appropriate to your culture, but just doing something that's a little bit different. Um, yeah, but- and, and and check but- out
1: Highfall. Uh, the High hire, the hireful. By the time this goes out, you will see stuff on them. Um, we we have a life at hireful Full page. We'll be sharing a few of them, I'm sure. Like the we'll put the notes. link in the, in the thing because it has come, it's an idea we've stolen from Lever their idea and their execution is really good.
0: I dare say they stole it from somewhere else. That sounds great. Brilliant. Okay, so something unique about it, we've got the communication. Is that everything we need now for pre-boarding?
1: Yeah, I think we can look at day one, maybe.
0: Yeah, great. Okay. So what, what would you do? How would you prepare for day one?
1: Um well, one of the things we do here is a little survey that goes out and it sort of says, oh, here's, an example. here's your team members. It shows them the team members and what they like to do and their interests and hobby. It makes it a bit easier to sort of break the ice. You know that someone's interested in the same hobby or interest, perhaps as you. Um, but also, we, we then survey that new hire um, and ask them a few things so they can be, that information be shared back to their team. But it's also shared to the person managing their onboarding. And they, we know that then they like, this is their favourite biscuit or something, and they like playing golf or something. So when they arrive day one, I mean, and so many organisations do a nice welcome pack now. Not everyone, but a lot of people do. So we like to, you know, maybe not, we haven't got all the money to throw at it, but we like to personalise it a little bit. So if it was a golf thing and you said you like jammy Dodgers, then jammy Dodgers would be on your desk day one. And we probably wouldn't have a set of golf clubs there for you, but we set a set of golf balls perhaps um so yeah so little touches like that I think a, a really nice touch once again things that people won't necessarily expect Um, I think that's, that's a really really nice touch
0: if someone isn't physically coming in on first if they're almost going to be virtual all the way through would you send it to their house or
1: yeah absolutely yeah no, I, I would uh, you've got to try and time it right but yeah absolutely yeah you, you definitely don't want a um a two-tier system because obviously every most yeah. organisations will have some people that are remote now and others that are more, yeah. more likely to come in.
0: Yeah. yeah, so make that effort either way. So, yes, I remember you, you told me that, that you did that, and I know you do walk your talk at Highfall with that, so you have someone with the, their favourite colour balloon on the desk or whatever it would be, but something just to, to again, this personal touch um, that makes them feel welcome. So you just pick that information up um, along the way.
1: Yeah, and I think another one that's really key as well, which I never really thought of hugely... And until I was doing a bit of research in it is is doing a shout out to show how proud you are to have hired them. So you should you should be reflecting that in some of your content back to the candidate. So when you're emailing the candidate saying we're really excited for you to come on board here, you should be putting something in that to say you know we have a very you know uh, robust recruitment process, but you but, but you know and
0: mm. you've done
1: fantastic to you know to get through it, and we think you're going to be a fantastic addition to the team. You know, particularly if that's a personalized email that someone's wrote those two sentences particularly the hiring manager then that person feels like they've won a competition you know that they they reminds them that they've worked they've done a great piece of work to get there and not everyone gets there and the company is very proud to have hired them and then taking that forward then you know announcing new hires on social media but it's good for your business it shows you're progressing and it might you might say here's yeah. Tony, and he's going to be doing this. It's sort of you might be announcing some of the new things you're doing and things like that as well. So it's sort of a double win, but it also shows that you've got confidence in Tony and that you're really proud to have hired it.
0: Yeah, that's and, and I think that's, funny. that's Another parallel with universities, isn't it? You know, getting people feeling pleased that you've got there, that you know you, you made it, you so made the cut. All this yeah. that sets you, sets you up as you mean to go on in terms of you know seeing a positive future for it. Um, you know within that organization. And then in terms of what about the boring part of induction, any advice on that? Because there is lots of stuff, which is, and, and says, that's often a bit that I think, you know, you can have all the exciting piece, but then you've still got to show people who, what, where. Um,
1: yeah.
0: That can be time-consuming. Is there any, are there any tips for that? Yeah.
1: And I, and, you know, and I know some people will want to get all of that out of the way. And I think sometimes it's always a difficult balance. I think the language has to be right. You can send all of the policies and everything off to, to a, a new hire before they've even started, and it might take them the best part of six hours to read through it all, you know, go online, complete this e-learning course. I think you've got to be very careful because you know they're not an employee, you know, they're not on the payroll yet, they're doing that work for free. So yeah. think about each piece of each item. You know, if it's the employee benefits information, well, that's that's in their interest, you're giving it to them. If they choose not to read it, that's sort of down to them. If it's the policy around your, you know, a light manufacturing site and it's around the health and safety, you you probably want to avoid handing it to them in advance and you want them to come in on day one and that's the first thing that someone walks them through so they ensure they fully understand everything and how to be safe in that environment. So it is a little bit, looking at each piece. And I think being flexible, because some people will want to just plough through. They'll have a notice. They'll have garden leave, essentially, you know, free time. And they'll want to plough through stuff so you you know you can put that in there and say look, if you want to go on and do these pieces online courses then by all means feel free to however you you know we'll, you actually don't have to we'll walk through it on the day because mm-hmm. um, i think some people feel like a bit anxious about starting a new job and they might want to maybe it's their first time back in the work for in a while i know i've got a family member who that relates to and they completed all the e-learning courses in advance because they thought, well, that's a way of building their confidence because yeah. it was a little bit low. So, yeah, give people access, but make sure you balance it right and explain it right so it's not essential.
0: Don't expect them to do it. Do you have a view on um, how long the induction should take?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of people are talking about, it seems to be the obvious bit is 30 days for the sort of intense stuff. And then after that, the person's out probably doing more of their job hopefully but it really depends on the nature of the job and how easy it is to explain and the environment and you know how how smart, how important health and safety is and things like this um so yeah it's it's a bit of a strange one i know when we talk about kpis one of the things we sort of highlight to people they want to be looking at and measuring is time to the person new hire adding value so how long does that take and measure that and um, so that's probably a bit of a, a bit of a gauge to is the induction functioning really well? Because how quickly can you get them to a point where if they're a salesperson, if they're a customer support person, they're answering a certain amount of tickets. And yeah. you think actually, now they're giving us back more than we're investing at this point, because now they can do 20 tickets a day or whatever it is in amongst their training.
0: So that actually said so that's one thing you're almost saying Is it because obviously it isn't a you know end of induction fully productive it's a graduated thing yeah so is that how you'd measure success is basically by having some kpis around the job role at which point someone can independently complete aspects of it how else would you yeah. do that
1: well, yeah. we, we do we serve we encourage people as part of the candidate experience and then bleeding into the onboarding well we encourage the survey and you' you might laugh at this so post offer so post interview. How was your interview experience? Here's five quick questions. We we want to ensure the interview experience is an excellent experience. Would you mind answering five questions just to tell us how well we did? Post offer, how was your recruitment experience? We want to improve as an organisation. You're going to be a new employee. Do you mind telling us some of the things we can improve and what worked well for you? 30 days after the onboarding, so after start, how was your onboarding experience? And then 90 days after start, the piece that you don't tend to see Certainly not when I ask in my workshops for a show of hands, you know, how many of you measure any aspect of was it a good hire? And the best way I've seen that measured and the way we're now building into our ATS as well is to ask the candidate, how good a fit is this role for you from one to 10? And to ask the hiring manager, same question, how good a fit is this candidate from one to 10 for you? Two aspects to that is obviously one is if you get a slightly lower score, and I think anything seven or lower. Would, would be sort of worth a bit of a check-in with the candidate. Yep. This is this is clearly isn't anonymous, this last one. Yeah. Um, but also, it allows you to sort of build those scores. Obviously, it allows you to check in with the hiring manager as well. It allows you to build those scores so you can then reflect back and understand, you know, do the candidates that have a better fit after 30 days, that have a greater chance of staying with us 12 months? Um, which sources are giving us the candidates that end up being a really good fit from... Both sides, hiring manager and candidate. So, just we're we're getting really big on data, and and we're happy to build it into our process and encourage people and say this is what we think we should do. The only thing we think is really important about it is you're not just gathering data; you make it really obvious to the candidates and the new hires that this is how we're using it. You know, this is what we are doing.
0: Yes, to make the process better. And of course, it's one of those things with data; you don't get the benefit until you've been doing it for a while. So you've got to start somewhere and then track it. But
1: yeah, yeah and, and hopefully you can benchmark it as well. I know that's something we're looking to do now. We're a certain size. So if, if people are saying, oh, we're getting this sort of score, then we can go, okay, well, the community, we have to be careful here. We're not going to say, oh, this company over here is getting this score, but we're going to say the community of all of our customers who are using this, This, these are the averages they're getting. So you've got something to reflect it on. Great. So
0: so we talked about sort of communication, Um, a nice sort of – making people feel personalised in terms of, or you know, personally valued, pre-boarding and at induction, talked about KPIs in terms of um, just surveying, so just getting data about the experience from the candidate point of view, but then ultimately at, after three months as well, not forgetting, to, not just doing really short term, but at the end as well, and then longer term, I suppose, in terms of retention. I, and and I've gathered from what you were saying there is those things are, are reasonably uncommon in, when you're doing your surveys with people the what proportion of people are doing those things when you're talking
1: to Not them? Very, very few, really mm-hmm. few. So to go over and give you an idea, I think there's there would be a, re, a small number of organisations. We're talking about mid-market organisations, avoiding the big enterprise ones, which I don't have a lot of uh, access to. Um, I'd say a small number would be doing some sort of onboarding survey to say, "Are like, oh, you been here thirty days? How was it?" Yeah. Um, yeah. A small number would probably do a sort of end of recruitment process survey and saying, "Hey, look." Can you tell us about how well we did? Um, very few, very, very, very few are doing post-interview, post and I think that's really key. There's only five questions in our little survey, but it also ensures managers. Once managers know that they're going to be, look, a little customer service survey is going to yeah. be sent to every candidate at the interview. The first question on our survey is, you know, were you was your interview hand, conducted in a professional manner? So we've all done it before. I'll just finish this email before I go down and... Speak to the candidate, and it's already sort of five minutes past one, and you get down there at like maybe twelve minutes past one. If you know that that's the first question on the survey, you're going to be on. You're going to be on good form, and it just really makes sure everyone's on, at the top of their game. So I think that's that's a really key one. But I also think you know all the work's done. How it's, it's almost madness. Not I think what it is is because you haven't got a perfect solution. No one's ever going to come up with a perfect solution to say. How do we measure a good hire? It's like progress or perfection. So because they can't find perfection, they don't, they don't seek out progress. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, progress after 90 days, how good a fit is this role for you? How good a fit is this new employee for you? And just take the score. And then you can deal with the individual situations and the stories behind it as you go. But you need some data to work on and move forward with
0: yeah and i think the actual act of asking for feedback is consistent with you showing that you're bothered um and you're that you're bothered about that experience so it's not just doing doing something with it, but the fact that people are surveyed all the way through makes them feel valued so it's consistent with that you know fact that they you know we wanted to recruit you
1: yeah and that probably continues for the whole if you're if the organizations that say yes to doing these things that probably continues for the whole journey in their you know their employee life cycle with employee engagement surveys and pulse surveys and and yes. they see that the company you know wants their opinion, wants their opinion.
0: Mm, yeah. absolutely. absolutely brilliant um adrian thank you so much i thought that was really concise and focused and some great tips that here uh, you know, as is often the case might seem like common sense but are not necessarily that commonly um put into action so an opportunity for anyone listening to be able to build that standout employee experience as people come on board because those are really quite helpful and practical. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you, obviously I'll put links to what you talked about in the show notes, but how is it best or easiest for people to contact you?
1: Yeah, well, I'm all over LinkedIn, which is just Adrian McDonagh. so M-C-D-O-N-A-G-H. Uh I'm on obviously Hirefuls, just Hireful. So higher H I R F U L.co.uk. Yeah, and uh yeah, my job, my job is just slightly bizarre. So my job is just helping people. So if people have questions or anything they can reach out to me and I'm, I'm there i always say that after my webinars that if you've got any follow-up questions just reach out message me and that quite often there's 100 or 200 people on the webinar luckily most people say that's a lovely gesture and just go on about their job because yeah, if dozens come back to me every time i'd have to stop <laughs> saying that but the good news is very few people do so when they do i can help people so yeah i'm it's really really accessible
0: I think it's a real, really good fit with um, what you guys do. I mean, I've been on your webinars a few times. And um, if people like listening to the HR Uprising podcast, I think they would enjoy your webinar series because there's lots of educational content there that's really, really practical
1: well you are the number one rated guest webinar presenter we've had we don't we don't rate my webinars against you but from the <laughs> guest presenters I, I wouldn't be able to handle the competition from the oh. guest presenters you were, you were the number one rated so uh, i feel like Thank I can you have very much that
0: <laughs> that's very kind lovely thanks so much for coming on adrian really great to catch up with you as always thanks lucinda i really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now, you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.